Hi, I'm Alex Helmbrecht, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Binkert. Welcome to the Farcast. Our guest today probably needs no introduction for a, a majority of our audience, probably all of our audience, if we're being honest. Uh, we're joined with uh, President Randy Ryan, the 12th president of Shattern State College. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know you have a busy schedule. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, so you've been president, gosh, since 2012, first on an interim basis, and then um, I believe your inauguration was maybe in 2013. But how would you categorize the decade that, that you've led Shatter State College? What are some of the things that stand out to you? Well, you know, I thought about that a little bit. I, I would say, um, uh, and, it, and it probably seems trite to say so, but I think it's, uh, it's been a decade of change. Uh, significant change uh, in in so many ways. Um, I think our students uh, come to us with a, a different set of expectations today uh, than they did ten years ago, even a couple of years ago. I mean, I think that's and and it, that's as it should be. I think our students' expectations about um, their experience here uh, evolve and change. Uh, just like everything else around us evolves and changes. Uh, so I, I would say that um, the change would be the main way I would characterize uh, the last decade. Change in technology. Um, uh, virtually everything we do is impacted by technology in one way or another. Um, you know, if you look at the way we use data today uh, in just about all the decision-making processes that we uh, have, um, you know, it's it's uh, remarkable how much data is out there, and uh, and how easy it is to, uh, relatively easy it is to manipulate today versus uh, you know where it, where it was ten years ago, uh, even just a couple of years ago. I mean, if you look at our student information system, for example, and the the wealth of data that is in that, and um, and how that can inform our decision making. So, you know, change I think is. Um, uh, is really um, it, it? We always say change is the only constant, but but there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we seem to have um, lost the uh, days of typewriters in the business office. <laughs> but I think that you know, being down here near Con Marshall's um, spaces, uh, you know, I get that kind of mechanical his historical perspective on it. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, Con, Con will probably go to his grave with a, a pencil in one hand, a pad in the other. That's all he needs. <laughs> I mean, that's all he needs to function. You yeah. know, it's a, he's a remarkable fellow. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. His Distinguished Service Award presentation, he started taking notes of what the people were saying about him. <laughs> I always thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah, the habits never die. Uh, so, Randy, I mean, obviously, most people, when they think of the president of the college, it's, well, he's the guy who talks at this event or that event, but there's not just the public-facing aspects of your job. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what does the job entail behind the scenes uh, for you? Oh, gosh, Daniel. You know, that's um, a bit of a tough question. Uh, there's um, really the presidency you know, beyond the sort of public persona or the public image and, and function that you have, um, and, and the, you know, obviously alumni relations and things like that, being yeah. involved in those sorts of events, um, you know, I'd say it's, it's pretty much uh, typified by uh, the discussions and 
the decision-making that goes on around money and people. Um, and, you know, that's probably stating the obvious, but, um, you know, it, it, there's a lot uh, that goes into uh, the campus. Uh, even though we're a relatively small college, we're, you know, almost 300 acres, 300 employees, yeah. um, you know, 2,000, more than 2,000 students, 27 buildings, you know, what could possibly go wrong uh, on well, any given day? Seen, we, as we've seen this semester, absolutely nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We've had our share of excitement. Yeah, if I think that, yeah. whether it's fires or a pandemic. Oh, boy. Yeah, bad guys running around sure. on campus. Uh, you know, it's, um, uh, we, we've, like any place, you know, we are visited from time to time by those unanticipated events that, um, you know, you, you prepare for, hopefully, and you never have to, hopefully you never have to deal with them. But, yeah. you know, we've had our share of, uh, of events. And, uh, and I think the last two years with uh, the pandemic and, and responding to that has, um, you know, really um, uh, changed how we plan and, and how we'll execute for things like that in the future. And, you know, we're a lot more knowledgeable. You know, we had a pandemic plan uh, on the shelf, as it were, when that all began to unfold a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, about two pages into that, we realized we were <laughs> going to have to make a few revisions. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's, that's what you do, you know. Uh, most of the time, uh, things occur, and it's a very fluid situation, and you have to um, make the best decisions you can with the available information you have at the time and, and uh, hope that you get a lot more right than you do wrong. Absolutely. Um, with being a, a president of, a, of an institution like Shattered State, or, or I guess really any institution, there's only a few hundred of you all throughout this entire country. And I, I think anytime you just walk into a room and you're introduced or, or whatever you say, I'm the president of Shattered State College, people may sit up a little straighter in their chair or maybe maybe uh, think of you a little bit differently just because it, inherently in that title, there's that, that element of stature. Is that stressful, maintaining that? I mean, what prepares you for that? <laughs> I, I don't know, Alex. I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, I think people have certain expectations, but, um, you know, I do my best to, to try to diffuse that. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I was raised that, um, well, this probably sounds a bit sexist these days, so, um, but I guess I'll say it anyway. You know, we, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. I mean, um, so my apologies to, to anyone who might have been offended by that comment. But I, but I think the, you know, I am who I am, and I was who I was before I became president, and yeah. I'm going to remain who I am when I'm not. So I, I just I try to uh, approach the job that way. Uh, I think uh, it's important to, to remember where you came from and, and uh, how you got here. And, uh, you know, I'm— uh, uh, one of the luckiest people in the world, in my opinion. So it's been a great job. You know, it's like any job uh, or any anything. I, I don't know that I really call it a job. It's it's more of a lifestyle. I mean, it is a 24-7, 365-day-a-year job uh, or 
commitment, I guess is the way I would say that. Um, and uh, so it's a lifestyle, and I've been fortunate to be able to live that lifestyle uh, and, uh, and work with some fabulous people, um, you know, like you guys uh, and uh, uh, lots of other folks um, and work with other students. So, I, you know, I try uh, uh, also uh, an, an old uh, political saw that was given to me a long time ago was, you know, be careful how much you know, be careful when you have to use power when you use power because every time you use it, you lose a little bit of it. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, uh, that's always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a few good mentors along the way that have uh, hopefully I've learned a few things from. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm Randy Ryan. I, I just happen to be the president of Shadrach State College. Yeah, well, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a great <clears throat> answer to that question. And, um, you know, it kind of leads into the next question because both Daniel and I are going to date ourselves here, Daniel. But we've been we, here a little while. <laughs> we, we've worked with you prior to to yeah. you being the president. Yeah. And um, honestly, I can say I, I don't feel like you've changed at all. Uh, you're still approachable and easy to talk to, and you have to make different decisions because you have different hats on, obviously. Sure. But uh, certainly appreciate that consistency that you've demonstrated. Um, so as I alluded to. What were the roles you did at CSC before you were the president? <laughs> well, I, I came here um, at the uh, initially at the request of Janie Park, who was the president uh, at that time and who I worked with in Montana for 10 years. And, and, uh, and Janie and I um, worked on some pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff uh, when we were in Billings. And... Um, uh, you know, anyway, I, I came down to uh, visit with her, and uh, the job came open. So I became the vice president for enrollment management, uh, first VP for enrollment management that we had at the institution. And so I tried to to pull together um, uh, things that were uh, going on uh, within uh, student affairs and student services, and and. Um, get us pointed in a little bit different trajectory in terms of the enrollment numbers. Um, I think in the fall of 05, I think it was, that there was about a, I don't know, 6 or 7% decline in enrollment. Um, and we were able to turn that around. And, and in a couple of years, we were um, approaching 3,000 uh, in a headcount uh, on the enrollment. And so, um, you know, that worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when the opportunity came up to uh, uh, apply for the presidency and, you know, the system did a national search and threw my hat in the ring and I was able to prevail. And um, I guess the rest is history, as they say. But, sure. Um, you know, my background really was in um, one of the things I, I helped uh, at Billings with was help them build their first online, one of the first, actually one of the first online universities that um, made available full programs of study um, and uh, and do that uh, in, you know, on that brave new world known as the Internet. And, um, you know, that was back in the late 90s, and we had a fair amount of success with that. Uh, and then I was I was sort of the entrepreneur for them, if you will. Uh, things that didn't quite fit somewhere else, I you know would get them started and help uh, get them established. And then you know we might hang on to them or we might roll those into another 
uh, area, depending on what we were doing. But um, so we it was uh, a lot of startup work, a lot of entrepreneurial work, you know, educational entrepreneurial work, which mm-hmm. is kind of unique. Um, and uh, got to travel a lot, traveled the world, really. Um, you know, there was a time when uh, uh, we had operations going on in uh, uh, Egypt and, and uh, Japan and, and Korea, South Korea. And uh, so I got to do a lot of traveling. There were, there were years I traveled 100,000 base miles, air miles. Wow. Um, so I don't, I don't miss that too much, but, uh, that, that was, uh, but at that time it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of exciting work to do. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Randy, tell us a little bit about uh, your earlier life and where did you grow up and, uh, did you always know as a young, as a young boy that you wanted to work in higher ed? <laughs> oh, Daniel, that's a good question. You know, I, um, uh, I was, uh, born and raised my early years, uh, you know, through elementary school in uh, Oklahoma. Okay. And um, so, you know, don't hold that against me, Nebraska fans. (laughs) But um, so I'm an old Okie, I guess, by birth, but uh, uh, really grew up in uh, northwestern Arkansas and uh, uh, spent a lot of time in Fayetteville at the University of Arkansas. And... um, so that was that's really kind of what I considered, you know, home, yeah. uh, if you will. I still have quite a few relatives in that part of the world, and um, but uh, Fayetteville was uh, was a great place, uh, um, and um, you know, went to the, the University of Arkansas and uh, graduated from there three times. Yeah, uh, you know, which. Depending on how you look at it, some people would consider that a disadvantage. I considered it an advantage. Um, uh, I was able to get through uh, all of my graduate work with, with no debt uh, because of the, the uh, uh, program that they had there. Uh, they encouraged their uh, employees to go to school and, and uh, acquire higher degrees. And, but you get to a point where you know that you know, you're probably uh, at about where you're going to get to within the organization, uh, given those circumstances and, and, um, an institution that size, um, it's, it's, uh, fairly rare that they hire, um, you know, Dean and above from within. Sometimes they do. Uh, but, um, so I decided to, uh, uh, after 14 years there, decided to, uh, look for other, uh, positions and, uh, Ann and I had always wanted to live out west somewhere uh, before we were too old to enjoy it um, and give our uh, kids opportunities, uh, in, you know, in that type of environment. And so, um, anyway, I, I interviewed for the job in uh, Billings, and uh, and sometimes things just click, you know. I mean, it just it, it felt right, and uh, uh, and as it turned out, uh, it felt right on their end. Uh, so we moved up there in '96, and. Um, uh, kids went to uh, junior high and high school there, and um, you know, it was uh, a good experience for them, too. Great. Yeah. yeah. So what initially, obviously you lived in Arkansas, grew up there. <clears throat> Were you always going to go to the University of Arkansas, or, or was there like a defining moment, I suppose, in your undergraduate recruitment? 
Because clearly it, it had an influence in your life. I mean, with three degrees from there. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think higher ed. And I, I, I didn't completely answer Daniel's question. You know, the short answer is no. I had no idea that I would be <laughs> sitting in this chair talking to the two of you, uh, you know, uh, at some point. So, um, uh, I, Arkansas was, was, um, was my first choice. Um, and I was really, I was interested, uh, very interested in politics always as a, uh, uh, a youngster. And, um, uh, my father in particular, and I had a lot of great political debates about things. And, um, and so, uh, you know, he raised me on Time magazine and, you know, those kind of things. I mean, we, we always had, we, we were always anxious for uh, Time magazine to arrive at the house because that was, uh, uh, you know, we'd, we'd spend the evening pouring over that. And then, uh, you know, we, the discussions would start. And what do you think about this or that? Um, and um, so I, I actually, uh, my undergraduate uh, degrees were, degree was in uh, political science and I was going to go to law school. And uh, uh, took the LSAT and got accepted to uh, the uh, law school there. And uh, a couple of weeks before law school was supposed to start, somebody gave me a copy of 1L, um, which I think is the, the uh, uh, book that the uh, paper chase is loosely based on. And um, which is about first year law students. And, you know, I read that. I was like, I I don't know. I'm not sure this is for me, you know. And I was kind of I was tired of being a poor college student. And um, so uh, anyway, I uh, uh, about that time secured a job at the university and uh, uh, said, you know, I think I'll do this for a while and uh, and then decide what I do after that. And and. that turned into, um, and I got that job at, at the uh, Division of Continuing Education at the University of Arkansas, which is a pretty big operation, actually. Um, and um, uh, had a mentor there that uh, said, look, you know, if you're going to stay uh, in higher ed or if you're going to work around here, you need to go back to school and get your master's degree. And... Um, so I did, and and uh, uh, and that paid off, uh, and uh, you know I got a director level position, and then uh, I said now now you need to go back and get your doctorate, <laughs> and I'm like okay, all right, so you know, uh, and I was pretty excited about that at that time, and I got my my uh, my master's degree is actually in educational technology, and. Um, and I was interested in that because one of my roles um, prior to uh, going back to school is I had uh, started um, helping to produce uh, training events for the USDA uh, Food Safety Inspection Service that were uh, training events that we broadcast, we produced and broadcast out of Fayetteville to locations around the country. Uh, to help them uh, accomplish some training goals they had around quality management. And so uh, I thought that was pretty fascinating stuff. You know, I got yeah. to work with satellite trucks and and uh, cameras and all kinds of interesting stuff and help script it. And, um, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to learn more about how all this works. Went back and did that. And um, 
And then I got my doctorate in adult education there. Oh, that's great. So, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, you, your dad flipped the classroom on you, giving you the Time magazine and having you, having you <clears throat> tell him what you thought was interesting. I think that's pretty cool. I, Absolutely. Kind of easy to see why you did go into higher ed after experiences yeah. like that. Yeah. I, and, uh, well, and, and I think all of us enjoyed at least I, I, I did, but I, I'm sure most folks, if they're being honest, enjoyed that time in the classroom and interacting with with uh, people that you um, knew were knowledgeable uh, and uh, respected and were able to have debates with. And, and uh, in fact, you know, uh, a couple of the professors I really uh, enjoyed uh, challenged you to challenge them. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted they wanted you to get out there uh, on a limb yeah. uh, so they could saw you off and see how you reacted. And and you know, and I think we we all enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So, Randy, uh, outside of academia up here in higher in higher education in Shadron, uh, tell us a little bit about your hobbies. I, I seem to know that uh, the outdoors plays a pretty big <laughs> role for you. But, uh, yeah. yeah what, what what do you do in your spare time? Well, uh, Daniel, yeah, I've always been kind of an outdoors person, um, and. Um, I think it's because I find uh, I, I enjoy the beauty of the outdoors so much, and and uh, in in all of its forms. And so I've um, you know I've hunted a lot. I've I've fished more, uh, and um, you know hiked a lot. Spent a lot of time in in wilderness areas uh, in this country, and um, you know there's some some real beauty out there. You, well, you, sure. A lot of times you have to do a little work to get there. It's worth it, though. Uh, Absolutely, but, yeah. But it's it's worth it when you arrive, and and uh, I don't know. I've, I've uh, uh, I enjoy most outdoor activities, uh, I guess. But I, you know, fishing's probably my favorite. Um, and uh, you know, there again, I guess back to my childhood, I had a I had a grandfather that uh, took me fishing a lot, and uh, uh, and and a father that took me fishing a lot, and so. Um, you know, uh, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of fun for me uh, to do that. It's probably the only time that, uh, you know, everything you you can sort of, uh, uh, what's the Kevin Costner movie where he says, clear the mechanism, you know, (laughs) uh, before he pitches. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's about the only time that things really go away and I don't think about anything else except, you know. Uh, what might be about to happen next, you know, in terms of uh, a fish coming up and grabbing my fly. Uh, But, um, uh, and again, that happens, tends to happen in some pretty spectacular scenery. And, and, uh, you know, I um, uh, raised my kids uh, in the same way. Uh, uh, It took to varying degrees, I suppose. They still enjoy going fishing with me when they get a chance. It's not very often anymore, but... You know, I taught them how to row boats, uh, you know, down the river. They're both, uh, my son and my daughter both are pretty good on, they're, they're good on the sticks. Um, and, uh, you know, because they're used to paddling their dad around, you know, to, to catch fish. But, um, you know, that's not something that everybody gets to, to do. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we were lucky to, to be in a place where we could do it pretty often. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So two follow-up questions for that. Um, what's one of the standout fishing locations uh, from your past, and is there any place on your bucket list that you're hoping to get to? <laughs> um, probably, um, you know, I don't, there's so many wonderful places I've been able to fish. I would say uh, one of the more... Um, beautiful and and productive places was uh in alaska oh yeah yeah um place called the carluck river uh which is used to there used to be a huge cannery at the mouth of the carluck and it's um uh not there anymore it got taken out in a in a typhoon but the uh, uh it is one of the few rivers left um, that has native runs of all the main species of salmon. Okay. Uh, so, you know, um, the, the sockeye or the reds, um, silvers, kings, um, chum, uh, or dog salmon, um, uh, as well as uh, steelhead. It has uh, sea run uh, rainbows on it as well. And, of course, they run at different times, but... Um, uh, we were there during um, last week in May, first week in June, one year, and um, anyway, the the uh, the reds and and the kings were running, and so you know the kings were all thirty five to forty pounds, nothing Beautiful. nothing smaller, <laughs> nothing nothing bigger, nothing smaller. You know the reds, the sockeye were all uh, about five to seven pounds. Uh, and all in that range. The Reds fought every bit as hard as the Kings did, really. Um, but uh, And, and you kind of got tired of catching the Kings because, I mean, we were fly fishing for them. But, um, you know, you, you'd, you'd hook one, and, and, you know, an hour and a half later you got it to shore, I and mean, your arms were just <laughs> falling off. <laughs> you know, so, and, and, uh, and I'd love to go back there. Um, you know, that was uh, probably, I don't know, 1994 or something like that. It's been a while. Um, but it was it was fantastic. So uh, I took my son. I've got a great picture of him because uh, he was eight years old at the time, and uh, uh, so he's standing there with this king salmon that it took him almost two hours to land, and he's holding it like this, and you know the fish is as big as he is. Oh yeah, um, that's great. So uh, I, that would be nice to go back there. Between there were five adults and two kids that went on that trip, and I think between uh, all of us, we brought back about five hundred pounds of salmon. Oof. Uh, <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was we, it was a good year. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. Fill the freezer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of have a, a an interesting story. You ran into someone from CSC out fishing, yeah. didn't you, in Montana? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, uh, I was uh, over in Montana uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess, and uh, in the summertime. And uh, it's probably, I want to say mid-July, maybe, mid to, to late July. And um, I was actually uh, fishing with a buddy of mine, uh, my, one of my old college roommates. Uh, and uh, so Tom came up to, to fish with me. And uh, we were going to do something a little different. Um, and uh, I talked to uh, a person I know over in that country, and they said, well, you should go to Elk Lake. Um, and we said, fine, okay, we'll go try that out. And um, so to, to get there, you have to um, drive um, down into Idaho briefly and cross over the divide uh, into the Centennial Valley. So you cross back into Montana. 
Um, but it's miles of dirt road. Um, if you've ever heard of the Henry's Fork River in Henry's Lake, um, that's on the east side of the divide, and you drive up over the divide and drop down into the Centennial Valley. And that's where the Red, Red Rock uh, River and uh, Red Rock Lakes are. And uh, it was the uh, spot where the country was able to um, uh, mount an effort to save the whooping crane. So that was one of the places where they were able to create refuge for the whooping crane and, and uh, its eventual uh, survival. And uh, so Tom and I are tooling down the road in my truck, you know, with 60, Nebraska 69 plates on it. And, uh, and or it's in the morning, and, and we look down the road, and there's this person riding a bicycle coming at us. And so I slowed way down so I wouldn't dust them, you know, and uh, tried to be courteous. And uh, as we get closer, the, the person on the bicycle stops and starts waving his arms. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, maybe he needs some water or needs some help or something, you know. So Tom and I back up, and it's Kurt Kinbacher. <laughs> and uh, so my, my, my buddy Tom, my old roommate from college, was mightily impressed that I ran into one of yeah. our faculty members out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, and, That's uh, the magic of Shadron. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really is. I mean, you just never know. Yeah. Uh, and so, anyway, Kurt and I had a good good laugh about that, and uh, we offered him some water, uh, which he didn't need, and he was on about his way. He was headed to someplace in Wyoming to see some friends, and uh, I guess ultimately on his way back to Shadron. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you just never know where you're going to run into another eagle. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Randy, we've reached that point of, of uh, the day where we have quick questions and, and quick answers. So oh, okay. First thing that comes to the top of your head. What's the first concert you attended? Oh, the first concert. Um, well, the first concert I ever attended was Sonny and Cher, probably 1970 or so. So okay. maybe 70, maybe may have been 71, 72 in, in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, yeah. Uh, so That's a good one. We haven't heard that that's one. That's right. Yeah, I, I can't say I was a big Sonny and Cher fan, but my girlfriend was. And <laughs> her sister and brother-in-law, you know, took us along. So, um, but it was, it was a fabulous show, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. If you weren't working at a college, where would you be? Whew. Hard to say. <laughs> Hard to say. I I, I guess um, you know maybe uh, doing something outdoors. Maybe I really don't know, Daniel. That's a that's a tough one. I um, I've done a lot of things in my life uh, to to get along when I had to. Um, I'm not sure any of them would have been a long term profession. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, but but uh, given my love for the outdoors, that that's uh, definitely my my avocation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, regardless of sport, what's a favorite team of yours? Oh, regardless of sport, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, you know, the Razorbacks, my, my alma mater, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and they're having a pretty good run in basketball this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, they, and they're always good in track and field, right? They're, they're uh, perennial favorites yeah. in the SEC in, in track and field. Um, that's dropped off a little bit now that John's no longer the John McDonald's no longer the coach there, but he had a heck of a run. Um, I think he had um, 38 national championships, um, 
and uh, several. <laughs> After that, yeah, I mean, what is, what is 39? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Funny. Well, and, and, and probably that many or more conference championships. Um, wow. You know, I mean, they dominated. There were, there were, I think he had five triple crowns. Um, they weren't consecutive, but I think there were three or four of them that were consecutive, uh, where they won indoor, outdoor, and cross country all in the same year. That's um, impressive. So, yeah, he was, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, well, he he uh, he had a great record. Um, I've got friends, you know, good friends that are that were in that program that, uh, um, you know, uh, love the man. I mean, he was tough. He was he was. He was a, a tough coach, but he also got him ready. He would he'd recruit these uh, milers uh, out of high school from England and, and Ireland, and then turn them into ten thousand meter runners or five thousand meter runners. <laughs> and uh, so he did that a lot. Um, uh, and then he had folks like Ruben Arena, uh, and Ruben probably one of the most talented uh, runners uh, that there has ever been. Um, I mean that uh, you know a lot of a lot of sub four minute folks. Yeah, just makes my stomach turn if I even think about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Randy, what's one of your favorite movies? Oh, probably my 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 favorite movie is is uh, Casablanca. Oh, oh, always a good one. Yeah, you know, uh, and uh, it, I just there's there's Beyond all the uh, sort of one-liners, great one-liners out of that movie, uh, you know, it's a it's a great storyline and a, and a great uh, uh, human interest uh, story to me. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and and uh, you know, I'm a big Bogart fan, and um, but there's a lot of great characters in that in that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely is. Yeah. So the, the last question is, what is one word that comes to your mind when you think of Shattered State? But before that, I want to ask you a, a kind of a follow-up one. I should, have, I should have had it in the questions earlier. But, you know, you, you speak a lot to alumni and, or friends of the college, uh, people uh, who are interested in the, the success of the college. Do you kind of have, a, like, if someone said, what's the best story about Shattered State College? What's the, what is, <laughs> what, what's the elevator speech, the epitome of Shattered State College to you? What, what do you talk about? Wow, you know, there's so many great stories. Um, I mean, our alums have done some remarkable work um, and, and gone on to do some remarkable things with their lives. And uh, you know, that's a that's a tough one for me to single out. There's a lot of great stories. So, you know, kind of depending on who I'm talking to, I can share stories in a particular vein. Um, I think the that all starts with um, the faculty that have been here over the years because uh, to a person, if you, uh, even though these folks are uh, very accomplished in their field, um, they will almost always talk about the faculty member that made a difference in their mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Uh, and that taught, taught them a particular thing that was very useful to them as they moved on. Um, in their professional development. So I think it, it really ties back into that. It's very rare that they mention the president, you know, <laughs> and say, oh, that president made a difference in my life, you know, uh, and that's as it should be. Yeah. But I, the, the people that are 
uh, students spend the most time with and that our alums have spent the most time with are those um, those faculty members and and um, and they do make a difference in in students lives mm-hmm. there's no no doubt about that I think that's a, a good answer to the question because really at CSE we are blessed because we have so many great narratives that come out of every discipline that we have and so yeah. uh, that that's a really good answer because you can kind of tailor it to the audience no oh, yeah I mean there's it's it's amazing um, um, you know the the um, uh, stories uh, and um, you know the the companies that they've gone on to create or the the work that they've done. I mean, um, it's um, it's really fascinating stuff, mm-hmm. and and um, and some of it uh, extraordinarily important to uh, this country and our, our history and uh, and uh, the evolution and development of it. So um, yeah, this this place is. Um, had a big impact on this country. So then, uh, condense that all. What's one word that comes to what, <laughs> yeah. what's one word that comes to your mind when you think of shattered state? Um, I I think it it is excellence. Um, I think uh, I I think the uh, I think people. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe people's a better word. I think. Um, I think we know who we are and what we do and who we do it for and, um, you know, why we do it. And uh, everybody's here to help uh, improve um, Im- improve our uh, region, improve our uh, campus, and, and uh, improve our country. I think, um, you know, it's uh, helping people find their their way and find their path and and uh, and their passion uh, about what they want to do with the rest of their life um, or at least the immediate future mm-hmm. um, and uh, it leads them down uh, and I think it points them in very good directions that um, I mean there, there really are some fascinating stories and we don't have time to talk about all of them today but um, uh, you know, you, you talk about Dr. Butler, who was our commencement speaker last May, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's one of a handful of MDs who also have a PhD in genetics. And uh, his work has been you know, groundbreaking work uh, in, in the health community, um, uh, particularly around uh, uh, genetics and and. Uh, the genetic influence in, in pharmaceuticals uh, or vice versa. And so, um, you know, uh, Ben Watson and I went to, to have dinner with him one time um, in uh, Kansas City, and, uh, you know, we, we normally uh, schedule about an hour and a half for those things because it's um, uh, a reasonable amount of time and, and uh, you know three hours later we were closing down the restaurant because the, the conversation was so interesting mm-hmm. uh, you know and you just wanted to keep asking questions um, and he's he's um, uh, he's a, a great Nebraska product and uh, Shattered State product and um, very uh, he and his uh, wife very humble people and, and very accomplished but you know uh, he's done all this fascinating work. So that's just an example. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I could tell you about our, our mathematician as uh, one of the probably one of the first females that graduated from from the math program here at Shadmer State, uh, who went on uh, uh, to work down at Los Alamos uh, and do some very important work. Um, you know, we have another mathematician uh, that uh, uh, John Jaycox, uh, who did a lot of work on the development of, of the cruise missile. Uh, I mean, you know, you just wouldn't. Just little old bitty Shadron State College, yeah. but uh, people go on and do all these fabulous things. Yeah, a lot of opportunity here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to, to spend with us today. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Randy.